the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. Question, do we know everything completely? No, then the time of perfection really hasn't arrived, has it? These things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. We are looking once again at the gifts of tongues and prophecy here today on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Welcome to our program coming to you from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, online at highlands.us. Join us in 1 Corinthians chapters 12 and 14 as we focus on these two amazing gifts left to us by our Heavenly Father, the gift of tongues and the gift of prophecy. With the details and clarifications, once again, here's Pastor Layton. Let me give you these instructions that are found in Deuteronomy chapter 18. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall, re- that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. What's God saying? He's saying, if I put words in a prophet's mouth and he quenches it, I'm going to deal with it. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. So if somebody's saying, thus saith the Lord, but the Lord didn't say it, the sentence is death. Now, if you say in your heart, how do we know that the Lord has spoken this? I'm paraphrasing that verse. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord... If the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. You don't need to be afraid of false prophets. False prophets were to be put to death. And there was no three strikes, you're out. Only got one strike, mess up once, you're out. Now, many have heard a local radio personality who has declared the end of the world, date and time, uh, specific date, no less than three times. Even on the third attempt, some Christians were deceived into quitting their jobs, selling their possessions, giving their money to him so he could buy the billboards announcing the end of the world. Now, Jesus told us that we would know the season of his return, but Jesus told us only the Father knows the day or the hour. And yet this man was presuming to know the day. If those Christians had known their Bible, then they would know that this was a false prophet and they could have protected themselves. Now, prophets of the New Testament dispensation are different. They are proven by testing their words against Scripture. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, Let two or three prophets speak. And let the others weigh or evaluate what is said. Verse 29. Now, an Old Testament prophet like Isaiah said, listen to what I'm going to say and then evaluate it. He didn't say that. He said, thus saith the Lord. 
That was the way of the Old Testament prophet, but that's not the way of the New Testament prophet. Paul commands that we evaluate the prophecies of the New Testament prophets. The Bible canon is closed. The Old Testament was written by God's prophets. The New Testament was written by or approved by God's apostles, and therefore some people have suggested that the apostles are the New Testament equivalent of God's prophets. There's no one who is authorized to write any new books of the Bible. Any claims of a revelation from God need to be checked against the Scriptures to make sure that it really truly is in line with the Scriptures, the Word of God. And the leaders of the church are charged with evaluating the prophecy and the prophet. In Acts chapter 11, it it tells us about a prophet named Agabus. Verse 27, now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over, over the world. In parenthesis, this took place in the days of Claudius. So this is Agabus stood up, he made an announcement, a prophecy from the Lord, from the Spirit, and the confirmation is put right here so that we understand it was really truly from the Lord. What was taking place there? Well, God wanted his people to know there's a famine coming so that they could prepare and they could prepare for their families, their loved ones, the other people in the church, as well as ministering to their neighbors because they knew that a famine was coming because God had foretold them. Agabus was that prophet. He's also mentioned again in Acts chapter 21. Now, we've laid a foundation of understanding uh, tongues and prophecy. So let's read now Paul's instructions to the church and, uh, and, 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 and see it in this context. Chapter 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth, had the gift of languages, and of angels, there's the reference to an angelic language, a heavenly language. But didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I'd only be making noise. No value. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Nothing of value in spiritual gifts if they're not exercised in love. So he said that. Now he wants to define for us what godly love is. All of us come from backgrounds, and some of us have different ideas of what love is. So Paul wanted to make sure we all understood what, we, what, what the Bible's definition of godly love is. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Now, we studied this portion of Scripture in a previous message, so we won't spend a lot of time. I just wanted to point it out to you. So let's continue on then. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only a part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, note the phrase, time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. 
Now, the reason I said I wanted to point that phrase out, because this is one of the primary verses and primary passages that is used as a proof text for the support of the cessation theories, that, that gifts have ceased. And proponents of the theory suggest that the time of perfection corresponds with the passing away of the first apostles or the writing of the scriptures, the canonization of scripture. However, it makes much more sense to interpret this verse as referring to the return of Christ Jesus. Why? Because at that time, we'll have no more need for tongues. We already talked about that. We're all going to be speaking in the same heavenly tongue. There's, uh, there, there's going to be no more need for interpretation. There's going to be no more need for special knowledge. If, if we have a question, we can simply go to our heavenly Father and ask. So, And, and I think that's made clear in, in the verses that follow. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Question, do we know everything completely? No, then the time of perfection really hasn't arrived, has it? These things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Let love be your highest goal. In the original uh, language, there, uh, in the original writings, there was no chapter division. It says, the greatest of these is love. Therefore, let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. What he's saying is, if you've missed love, you completely missed the main point. Uh, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Remember, the purpose for the spiritual gifts was for the common good, strengthening each other. Now, also it should be pointed out here that although Paul warns against using tongues without interpretation in the church, he certainly views it as being a positive encouragement in private prayer language. I wish you could all speak in tongues. But even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues, unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. So once a message uh, in tongues is interpreted, then all can understand, and when all can understand, then there is value uh, as in that as well as prophecy. Now, we need to note that that doesn't mean they have the same function. Remember that uh, uh, speaking in tongues are expressions of communication uh, to God, whereas prophecy is communications from God. We may define the gift of interpretation as reporting to the church the general meaning of something spoken in tongues. Now, verse 6, dear brothers and sisters, I should come to you speaking in, uh, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that would be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp must play the notes clearly or no one will recognize the melody. And if the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they're being called to battle? 
Now, what's he saying here? Well, before radios and other forms of modern communication, commands were delivered to the soldiers on the field by musical instruments such as the trumpet, the fife, the drum, and so forth. And the reason for that is the music from the instruments would carry across the noisy, uh, chaotic battlefield to give instructions to the soldiers on to advance, uh, to retreat, and so forth. Uh, revelry was played to awaken the soldiers, and uh, a charge uh, was uh, played uh, uh, to tell the soldiers to move forward. I know that because I watched F Troop growing up. Da, 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 you know, that one. And, uh, and then taps was uh, first played during the Civil War to call the soldiers to rest, and it now continues to be a tradition to play that when soldiers are entering into their final rest. But the point he's trying to make here is that communications need to be clear. You've got to give instructions to the soldiers on the field that they can understand it needs to be clear. If it's not, it's just merely noise. It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you're saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. Decently and in order. Our God is not a God of confusion, is he? And we are learning that as we continue our journey here through 1 Corinthians, focusing on these gifts that he has left the church. Information about us, Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, study verse by verse, Pastor Leighton Sheely, visit our website, highlands.us, highlands.us. We'll see you tomorrow for another broadcast of Study Verse by Verse with our teacher and pastor, Leighton Sheely. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.